This is Real Love Now, a ministry outreach of Pastor Don Allen in the Church at War Hill. As with every aspect of our ministry, the purpose of this broadcast is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him and His children, and discover your destiny now. Here's the message from Pastor Don Allen. So a little research about names this week because we're talking about the name Emmanuel. Now, if you looked at a first century baby book and looked up the name Jesus, you'd find that uh, it means God saves. And you would also find that it's, uh, I mean, it's a very common name. I mean, it's a pretty good name for the Savior of the world, amen? God saves. Get it? You are a little slow, but worth waiting on. Get it? Amen? Amen. God saves, Savior of the world. Uh, it's a pretty common name. Uh, it's a pretty common name in other places around the world today, especially in the, the uh, Latin culture. Uh, the name uh, Jesus is very common. Jesus Silva sitting back here uh, this morning. Uh, uh, he'll call the church, and when he calls the church, we really get a kick out of it because uh, the other day he called, and, and Daisy answered, and she called over and said, Jesus is on line one. Jesus is on line one. And we're like, praise God, or we'll see a, get a thing that says, Jesus, stop by to see you. And I said, man, I can't believe I was not here. Amen. And so we always enjoy that around here, but a very common name, but uh, a powerful name nonetheless. Uh, But you see, being such a common name, it made Jesus uh, easy to be approached, but God had picked out another name for Jesus, a name that the prophet Isaiah had penned 800 years before his birth. And the angel repeated this name to Joseph and he said, the virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel. While I was preaching last Sunday in the middle of that storm, every time I would say the name Jesus, you didn't know it, I was praying. I said, Lord, I might not be able to be, I may be preaching and not able to pray right now, but I'm praying. And I'd say it, I'd say a little longer, Jesus, because I was praying that name. But Emmanuel, God with us. When we realize that God is truly trying to be with us, we will never be able to live the same. Now, we're all in different places this morning spiritually. I mean, some are here today and, you know, they really don't want a part of the program. They're just fulfilling, uh, you know, uh, some kind of obligation. Maybe some are here today. Maybe somebody asked you to come or someone made you to come or whatever those reasons. Some are here to check out God. You're just trying to figure out just you know, God, what, what's going on? Some of you are here trying to take a break in the middle of this holiday havoc just to relax, to recalibrate and to try to keep Jesus the reason for the season. And some of you are where I am this morning. Uh, you've come with a, an awareness that something's just not right when you have a whole season about him and he's not even welcome in the season. Are we making time for him to be with us? Are we making time For Jesus, Emmanuel, during this time. Now, God wants us to know him. But God not only wants us to know him, he wants us to know that he knows us. Now, it's important for him to know us to know what we go through. Now, let me just show you how important it is. We're in the middle of an election season, all the campaigning that's going on, and what's happening at this stage is it's very important at this stage that there's a specific process that has to be accomplished by each one of those that are campaigning. They have to somehow identify with 
those uh, electorates in those states. So they're spending a lot of time in the early uh, states that are going to be uh, uh, voting and doing the, uh, the preliminary votes there early on, and they are in the primaries there. There's the word I was looking for. In those primaries there, and they're trying to identify. So what are they doing? They're stopping at the diners. They're stopping at the workplaces. They're moving from place to place because it's called an identification strategy. We've all seen it. What happens? They walk in. They take off their blazer, throw it to the side, put on some goggles, put on a hard hat, and go over there and start working on the assembly line. Do you know what I'm talking about? Because they're trying to identify with those individuals. They're trying to uh, let them see uh, uh, that, hey, I understand right where you are. It plays out all over the country. It plays out with tractors in the fields of Iowa. plays out in the textile mills of South Carolina. Uh, they're just trying to give an illusion of identification. Now, I'm not really surprised that the politicians do that. It doesn't surprise me that they do that. But I am surprised that the people who work in those plants and on those farms. Because you would think they would say, What's up with that? You can't identify with me just given 15 minutes. You're, you haven't even got a callus on your hand yet. You, can't, you, you don't understand that by just putting on a hard hat and wearing some goggles. What are you trying to do? Who are you trying to fool? You would think they would say that, but instead they buy into the illusion of identification. They say, incredible, he really understands me. Or she, as this year, really understands me. I doubt very seriously that any of the candidates for the presidency would relinquish their law degrees and their cars and their houses and work on one of those assembly lines for a year. I doubt they would eat in their lunchrooms or use their means of transportation. That They would just settle, you know, uh, for doing that so they could really identify. But what they really want is you to have the illusion of identification. Now, our God doesn't do anything halfway. Our God did not want you to have an illusion of identification with him. Now, I just, just bear with you. I know I'm, I, I, we've had this power time, but I know God has given me this message for today. You need to hear God did not want you to think that, that you know, uh, that may, well, maybe he really doesn't understand me. God didn't send Jesus, you know, to that manger, let everybody come and worship and, you know, get photos and all the sparkling lights and let everybody see him for a few minutes and then poof back to heaven to say, oh, he came among us. God wanted us to know that he knows us. As a matter of fact, John chapter 1, verse number 14 says this, the word, that is Jesus, he dwelt among us. In other words, he lived among us, he breathed among us, he walked among us, he heard among us, he wept among us, he lived among us so that he could know us. And that's what we come here today to celebrate. That's what this season is about, a God who knows us. Theologians would call it the incarnation of Christ, but what literally happened was God literally bounded down the steps of heaven with, his, with a baby and placed him there inside the womb of, of Mary, and she gave birth to his son, and when he was born, the living God who created air took a gasp of air for the very first time so that he could know what we've been through. Anybody following me this morning? And the angel told Joseph, this is going to be a boy, and you are going to call him Emmanuel, God with us. Little did Joseph know that this baby would identify with us to such an incredible degree. 
How did he identify to us? And I'm going to share three quick ways with you this morning. This message may not be one of my longest, or it may turn into my longest. I don't know, but I'm not trying to meet a time quota. I'm trying to deliver a word from God because I don't know where you are, and I don't really know what you're going through. But I do know this. He knows because he's walked. He's walked through the paths of rejection. He's walked through the paths of pain. He's walked through the good times and the bad times, and he knows right where you are. How can he identify with us? He can identify with us relationally. If you're taking notes this morning, he can identify relationally. Jesus understood and understands relationships. Why? Because he was involved in them. He had an adopted father. So anybody ever had a fight with a step-parent? Let me see your hand. Anybody ever had a fight with a step-parent? Jesus knows what you've been through. <laughs> a couple of our young people made sure their hands were real high so their parents could see it. Amen. Amen. You know, he knows what you're going through. He's been there. He had a mother. He had brothers. He had sisters. He had aunts and he had uncles. He had friends like Peter and James and Mary and Martha. Jesus understood what it was like to be an infant. He understood what it was like to be a junior high student. He understood what it was like to be a high school age student. He understood what it was like to be a single adult. He'd been lied to and robbed. He had been there. Yet, some of us are going through things right now and we say, nobody understands me. Nobody really knows what I'm going through. Nobody can feel what I'm feeling. Maybe somebody's spouse has run away on you. Maybe somebody's friend has run away on you. Maybe somebody else, a, a relative, has, has done you wrong. And you, you say you don't understand. Let me tell you something. Jesus understands when his brother showed up to try to take him forcibly back to town, back to his home, so that they could stop his work. And he would stop embarrassing the family because they didn't understand what he was doing. Jesus understands what you've been through. He knows where you've been and you say, but nobody understands me. Nobody can feel what I'm feeling, but I've come to bring a message to you today because he is Emmanuel, because he is God with us. You need to add two words when you feel like saying that. When you say nobody knows what I'm going through, you need to say like Jesus. Nobody knows how wrong I've been done, but you need to say like Jesus. Somebody needs to help me with that. Nobody knows what I'm going through. Come on now, instead of it being a pity party where you step back and I don't know who you are, but God sent me with this word for somebody. You need to hear me. Instead of stepping back and saying, I wish my life was better and everybody else has this illusion of family grandeur and they're all around the table and dad's got the, the carving knife cutting the turkey and you think, oh, I'm not worth living. My life's not where it should be. Look what I've been through. Look, my family is a mess. And you start feeling like nobody cares and nobody understands. And when the devil starts speaking that lie into your mind, you need to step back and you need to hear this old rough mountain preacher's voice heralding in your head that you may say nobody cares and I'm going to say like Jesus. Somebody help me. Nobody knows what I'm going through like Jesus. Nobody knows how forgotten I feel. Come on now. Amen. We need the power of God in our lives and we need to understand that's why he came and dwelt among us. That's why he had relationships. That's why he had little brothers who irritated him. 
That's why he had a stepfather that he had to learn to work with and understand. That's why he went through all of those things in life so that when you feel like you've been rejected and you want to raise your hand up to God, oh, somebody hear what I'm saying to you today. You want to raise your hand up to God and say, God, why is this happening in my life? And instead of doing that, you can raise your head up and say, God, I don't know why this is happening, but I'd rather not have anybody else walk through this with me than you, Lord. If I've got to go, I want to go with the one who's already been there and came out the other side who looked death, hell, in the grave and said, where is your sting? Where is your victory? And come out victorious by the blood of the lamb. I'm going to tell you, during the Christmas season, I'm supposed to behave and be nice and everything's all pretty flowery and tinkly, but it's during this time of year that suicides go up, depressions go up, and struggles go up because you're trying to keep up with, got to bring the right presents, the right gifts, and the illusion of identification with this, this family tradition mentality. I have come to tell you that the greatest family of all, the Father of all heaven, wants to identify with you, and he came and he dwelt among us, and he lives among us so that he would know what you're going through. Oh... Don't you understand? Somebody in this place, the Lord just spoke to me. You're dealing with loneliness. And, and I've got to just say it. Somebody married is dealing with loneliness. And you may be about to make stupid decisions because you're dealing with loneliness in your life. And, and somebody said, you shouldn't use that word from the pulpit, Pastor. Well, that's just who I am. And I apologize if it offended you. But it, it's really, I, I don't know if that's ignorant decisions. How's that? You're about to make an uneducated, an unwise decision because you're lonely. And you say nobody understands. But you better learn to say, like Jesus. And if you start running to him, I'm going to tell you, when I was standing right over there this morning, I came in expecting, and I encountered the living God, and I felt his strength, and the tears began to run from my eyes, and I felt the love of a good God. What better to go sit down and watch some garbage on TV trying to medicate your, your sorrow and loneliness away, trying to drown it away in a bottle, trying to take some pill that'll make you feel better and knock you out, or run into the presence of a living God who not only will satisfy your need for fellowship, but he will heal your heart and restore to you what the enemy has taken from you a hundredfold by the power and the blood of the lamb. That's the God I serve. My goodness, I feel the Lord. He told his disciples right before he ascended to the heavenlies, and lo, I am with you always. Now let me just translate this verse for you. I have heard this verse misused too many times. Many times when I've asked people to go on a mission trip with me and they say, what well, do we have to fly, Pastor? And I say, yeah. And they said, God's not up there. And I said, what are you talking about? They said, lo, he is with you always. <laughs> That's bad, wasn't it? That's bad. Amen. But do you know what? You can, the Bible also says that I can ascend to the heights of the heavens. I can ascend to the very depths of hell that I can never escape the love of God. Jesus knew what it was like to have to provide for his family. His dad died, earthly dad died, and he was the head of the house. How long, we don't know, but he knew what it was like to have those younger siblings that he had to make decisions for. So he knows what it's like, and you got to find work. He knows us. Not only did he know us relationally, he knew, knows us corporately. Jesus spent more time in the marketplace than he did in public ministry. They called him the carpenter because that's what he did professionally. And Jesus is familiar, listen to me, with pay disputes. He's familiar 
with people who are disappointed in work. I can't understand that. Here the, the, I mean, they didn't know it, but here the master of the universe delivers the table you ordered, and you're like, I don't like that corner. He's going, I grew the tree for that corner. <laughs> you know, you just can't satisfy some people, can you? You know, you can build it just to their specifications, and you just can't. He understands that some people just want to complain, and they want to complain to your face, and then when you get away, they want to tell all their friends how they took advantage of you. Picky clients and customers. He's familiar with being rained out. But I want to tell you something. I just got to throw this in. If he got rained out, I believe he went out of his way to say, I've been rained out. I'll be there next week. Come in. Not leaving you hanging. That's just a personal jab. <laughs> I'm playing. He is familiar with what you're going through. Don't sit there and think that no one knows the pressure that you're going through in your business. No one knows, you say. Nobody knows what my boss is like. Nobody knows what I'm having to deal with. what I teach you? Like Jesus. Nobody knows how they're taking advantage of me. Jesus does. He's been there. Don't you see the genius of God? God knew that we would spend more time working than any other area of our life, and that's where he had his son spend most of his time. We serve a God who has been there. A God who is with us. Some people say, well, that's not real work. Talking about your job. But I'm going to tell you, I don't care who you are, what you do for your job will become taxing to you. And you'll have rough days. Nobody understands. Like Jesus. Not only was he there relationally, was he there corporately, but he also has been there emotionally. He identified with us emotionally. We are emotional creatures. Think about that. Just think about the last seven days of your life. We've gone through emotion, emotion, this emotion, that emotion. And usually they're magnified during this holiday season. Now, when I told you, when that ambulance door closed last week and my dad was pale and white, just, just about the color of that base of that Christmas tree there. Imagine the emotional gamut that began in my life. Mainly before, because, and I really didn't share this with anybody, but I'll just share it with you. Mainly because when my grandmother passed away, I was here ministering instead of being with the family and her. So the enemy immediately started saying, here you go again. And all week when they came in and told Dad they were going to have to go in and do the hard calf, uh, just what I saw on his face, I just felt that weight. And all week long, it's just been absolutely emotionally draining. Highs and lows, boom. Anybody know what I'm talking about this week? Been up and down. I know this may seem a little off topic, but then last night I had another blow. I was at a Christmas party, and I won the gift for the less amount of hair in the place. I started to say, get a ruler. Amen. <laughs> Christine said he's still fussing about that this morning. I can't believe it. Boom, up, down. You know, I'm like, man, these are emotional times we live in. If this week I have been, I've come to realization that I have been an emotional creature this week. When you start dealing with your emotions, you start feeling rejected or ignored. 
realize Jesus felt the same feelings. He went through people not understanding him. He went through people misusing him. Have you ever felt like someone has turned his or her back on you? Jesus knows. And he cares. He understands. And do you know why? you know why he understands? At his deepest point of need, his friends just left him. They walked away. He laid one of his dearest friends, or he got there after one of his dearest friends had been laid to rest. He saw one of his dearest friends die or experienced that. And the Bible says he, shortest verse, wept. Have you ever felt a lot of stress and a lot of pressure and you think that you can't take it another day? I mean, think about that. You ever been to where you're like, I was, this week, like I said, it's been emotionally just, just, ugh. And when I, Friday afternoon, finally, I said, you know what I'm going to do? I, I don't ever do this. And I had to do something really, really late. And so I said, I'm just going to cut out about an hour early. So I cut out an hour early and went home just because I was so emotionally, physically stressed out of my mind. When I got home, I found a delivery that we had ordered, bringing the wrong thing, not wanting to fix it. So my stress level went from here to here. I thought I went home for a break. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And when you get to those places, how many, how many times do we run away from God at those places? We get angry and we don't heed the word where it says get angry and sin not, but we sin. We start getting mean and mad and we'll be embarrassed to ever see those people again. I, those delivery men would come back and have dinner with me. I was good to them, but I didn't want to be. I'm telling you. And we're stressed out of our mind and we say, nobody knows what I'm going through. Nobody knows. He understands when you're stressed out of your mind. He was so stressed that blood literally came out of the pores of his skin and ran down his body because he was that weighted down with the weight of the world. Because there's nobody who knows like Jesus. He, have you ever felt tempted? Oh, okay, okay, all right. Now, this is, some of you going to be tempted right now to lie. <laughs> Have you ever been tempted in your life? All right, those of you dealing with lying, I'll pray with you separately after church. Amen. But tempted. We've all been tempted. As I always ask when I ask people to raise their hand, how many of you are not going to raise your hand no matter what I ask? I mean, there's usually one or two in the crowd, but they won't raise their hand. They not identify themselves. Do you know what? We're all tempted. Jesus has been there. Hebrews chapter 4, verse number 15 says, For we do not have a high priest. Now, it speaks of Jesus as our high priest. We don't need a priest on earth anymore. Jesus is our priest who is, we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses. Did it say weakness? Weaknesses, plural. Because I'm glad it says plural weaknesses because I, I don't know about you, but I don't have just one weakness. I've got many. But we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are, yet without sin. If you've been tempted, he's been tempted. And he beat it. 
He knows the full pull of temptation. He understands it. Do you know why? Because he resisted it. He's the only one who resisted it and truly, truly beat it all. But because he resisted it, he understands its pull. He's like the immovable rock in the surf. That rock is pounded by the surf every day in and out, but Jesus was pounded by temptation, but he remained a rock and was not moved. Now, around this time of year, a lot of people like to get spiritual. They like Christmas, and and they especially uh, uh, like to press the pause button around Christmas and keep Christ in the crib. But you got to understand, he grew up and walked and walked where we walk. He had uncomfortable situations, and he had problems he had to deal with. He's a faithful God. People want to minimize him, keep him in a manger because they are afraid of who he is as Lord, but they can handle him as a baby. I mean, Christ in the crib, it's not very threatening. But Jesus never told us to remember his birth. He never said it. I'm so glad they sang the song that would be more characterized as an Easter song because I'm listening to this phrase. They didn't know I was going to say this. He never told us to remember his birth. He said, only remember my death, my burial, and my resurrection. The news of Christmas is that Christ became flesh and he dwelt among us, but he left that crib and he went to a cross. He was nailed there. He hung suspended between heaven and earth and he died a torturous death for your sins and mine, for your iniquities and for mine. For when you give in to temptation, for when I give in to temptation. Jesus did that, something we did not deserve, yet he did it for us. And we can talk all day and all night long about Emmanuel, God with us. That's great. But my question for you is, are you with God? Are you walking with God? Yes, God is with us, but are you with God? Because to be with God, you got to know him. A lot of people know about God but they don't know him. Emmanuel, God with us. A God who knows us, a God who sees us, a God who feels what we're going through. He's been there. A God who loves you more than you could ever imagine. Now, a lot of us know a lot about Jesus this morning, that he was born of a virgin. He lived a sinless life. I've been preaching that, that he died a sacrificial death and he rose again. We've read about it, sung carols about it, we've sung songs about it, but some don't know him. And to be with somebody means that you know him. We must make room for him in our lives. He came to dwell among us. He came to fill us with his presence and to fill us with his love. 
I walked. Down the Via Della Rosa, there in Jerusalem. Through the mass of people, up a set of rickety stairs. To one of the most gaudy, gaudy examples of worship I've ever experienced in my life. There was just, it was nasty. It was awful. The, the, the depictations of Christ, the, the hanging, burning censers, the the mass of people with their that un, pungent odor that only can come with a crowd that's walked through the streets of a third world nation. I waited in line. I wanted to be able to say I, I had seen that spot in on the earth. Does that make sense? See, I know who went there. I, I don't really have to be there, but I know who went there. But I wanted to see that spot, and I watched as people would kneel, crawl under a table to kiss that spot. Then you could look over the railing, and I quickly, I, I mean, I didn't kneel under a table and kiss that spot. I, I felt the kiss of his presence too many times. I really, to be honest with you, felt like I had to get our crowd out of there because I, I was afraid a few of them were about to get some whips and start cleaning out the temple. But I looked over the edge of the railing and there, that spot that they believed they took him from that cross and lay, laid him there. And they were rubbing, I've talked to you about, they were rubbing their bodies over the, all over that spot. They were, they were trying to touch God because with all of his gaudiness, they had an illusion of identification. They had this image. I, I mean, they were taking items and rubbing them on them and, you know, blessing them and things. And then I, I, I was thinking, do you know what? And I, I'm trying to end here, but some, I, I've never asked you to do this before, really. But I want to ask everybody in this place this week to read Romans 14. This week, I want to ask you to read Romans 14. Read it carefully, thoroughly. What Romans 14 says is, it says that, that you cannot earn it. You can't do anything to identify with Him. It talks about what we, how we dress. Uh, I mean, you know, I grew up in a lot of that, how we dress and, and, and how we, uh, uh, what you're allowed to do and what you're not allowed to do. And, and, and I remember the confusion that came through when the church made an edict that certain things that had been unspiritual all of a sudden became allowable. Because it's an identification, illusion, that if I dress this way, Lord, do I have to say that? I would go with the young people that were a part of churches. Now listen to me. That's one of the reasons why this church is like it is. That were a part of churches that did not preach holiness. And I found that they were more holy than the ones that were preaching holiness. At those events, the girls were not asking you to sneak away like they were at these events. And I didn't understand why this was happening. Why those that preach you've got to live right were living this way. 
I didn't understand this. And then I, I began to understand something. It wasn't what was in their heart. It was more about what was on their body, how their hair looked, where they went, what they ate, what they didn't do. And Romans 14 tells us none of that matters. Romans 14 tells us if you allow God who will identify with you, who you cannot identify with him on your own, but if you allow God to identify in you, then we begin to see that the rest of us will line up in time. And I'm tired of people telling me, I want to know God, but i got to get this right in my life. I've come to tell you, you'll never succeed. Oh, does anybody understand what I'm saying? You'll never get there on your own until you know him by the resurrection power and the blood of the Lamb. There's only one way to know God. It's because he came and he walked among us. He died for us and he's still walking among us today because he's risen with victory and healing and hope in his wings. You can't earn it. You can't know him on your own. But he knows you. And because he knows you, you can know him. Would you stand with me in this place? If you would just bow your heads. I'm going to ask that you reverence and respect what God is doing at this moment. who you are you only know but somebody needs to know God somebody's been going through something and you need God I literally feel like I've carried a, a boulder up a hill and that's usually what happens when you have a message that somebody greatly greatly needs with every head bowed and every eye closed look the virgin will conceive a child and she will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, the God who is with us. Not the God, he is God who is with us. For in the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God. Jesus! We need you because we cannot know the things of God on our own. I feel like praying almost for everybody in this house because you can't make it on your own. The only reason I stand, the Lord spoke to me right over there. The only reason I'm here right now is the blood of the lamb. The blood of the lamb. In other words, Jesus made a way where there was no way. You could not earn it. You could not. You can know Him. If you're in this place today, you say, Pastor, I need to know God. I know about Him. I know how to play church. I know I'm facing things and I've got to know God. I want to give it all to Jesus. Nobody's going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you forward today. But if that's you, would you just raise your hand right where you are, and I'm going to pray for you right where you are. Pastor, I need to give it all. Thank you. I need to give it all to Jesus. Is there more? Is there, is there another? Thank you. Is there any more? Quickly, quickly. I want to know God. I want to know God. Thank you, little lady. I see that hand. Is there another? Quickly, quickly, quickly. I want to know God. 
All right, I'm about to pray with ease, but before I do, let me ask you this question because I'm going to go straight from this prayer into this closing time of this service. If you are here and you say, Pastor Don, I've got to learn to say the like Jesus part in my life. I've been down and discouraged and beaten and I've got to learn how much he knows me. I've got to begin to learn to look at it in that positive way. If that's you and everybody praying, please respect this time. Can I just see your hand quickly? Some of you have been dealing with it. Yes, yes. Yes, all over this place. Identifying with the God who is with us. Is there another? Quickly, 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 quickly. today's word from Pastor Don Allen to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him all over again, and live out your destiny now. To learn more about our pastor and the ministry of the church at War Hill, join us online at warhill.com. Then join us in worship at one of our North Georgia locations. Service times are Sundays at 815, 930, and 11 a.m., where you will find real love now.